0: Please turn with me to page 177 in the front of your hymnal, page 177, and we will read responsively Psalm 24. I will read the odd verses if you can read the even verses. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in His holy place? He who has clean hands and the heart, who has not opened up his soul to nor he shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up you everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord power. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up you everlasting doors, and the King of Glory shall come in. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen. Please be seated. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed... God's grace, mercy, and peace are yours through Jesus the Savior. Amen. When I was at university in Australia, for a period of time, I rented a house with three of my high school friends. They were not Christians, but occasionally we would have spiritual conversations on one of those occasions when we were talking about the things of God one of my friends took great offense they'd been asking me questions about heaven and and how to get there and so I'd been telling them about Jesus and and what he had done so that all sinners could be with Jesus in heaven one of my friends then responded that he he didn't believe it rightly or wrongly i responded to him and i said well in the end it won't matter what you think or believe you will bow before jesus my friend became extremely angry in fact that was totally uncharacteristic of him i may be in all the years that i knew him saw him angry one other time but when i told him you will bow before jesus he got this angry look and in front of my friends pretty much swore i will never bow i will never bow and then he got up and stormed out of the room my friend at that time was rejecting the sovereignty of God. Why do people reject God? I think maybe the easiest answer is that we want to be gods of our own lives, we want to determine what is right. And wrong for us and not allow anyone to have authority over us or to dictate what we should do and think. But God has specific directions for how he wants us to live as his creatures. So we respond by rejecting him, rejecting his authority. We do that even as we live out our Christian lives. We struggle to bring our entire life, our entire being under the authority of the one who created us. And notice that's the very first thing that our psalm reveals us to us about God. That the earth is his and the fullness thereof. That means everything in the world belongs to God. That means you belong to God. He created you. And therefore you are his possession and under his authority. But we can struggle to submit ourselves under that authority. And we can even delude ourselves as Christians where we can have, let's say, almost all of our being under God. But there's this one area of our life that we keep from submitting to him. Yes, maybe it's an area of weakness An area of sin in our life that we really struggle with. But let's face it. There's a rebellious side to us. That wants to keep part of our lives. At least part of it. Outside of the rule of God. And we maybe even enjoy. Keeping that part out from God's rule. That's rebellion against God just as clearly as my friend saying he will never bow. There are other ways that we reject God's sovereignty. And this can come about when life doesn't turn out the way that we want it to. Maybe there's particular hardships that cause us to be bitter against God, to to grumble against Him, to question His his rule and authority over us. Maybe it's simply that we haven't achieved what we wanted to achieve in life. We don't have the good things that we wanted. And therefore we grumble. And we want to take our lives outside of God's reign. And set our own course. But whatever the reasons are. We all naturally want to reject. The one who created us. So the call of the psalm. For us to lift up our heads and throw the gates wide open to prepare for the coming of the King of Glory is a call that we all need to hear. It's the same call that God sent John the baptizer with. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. When we reject the king of glory, we don't just reject him as the creator. We also reject him as the redeemer. We can look at God purely with regards to his sovereignty, his authority over us to command us how To live and and what to do and not to do. We can look at God that way. Purely from the eyes of the law, the Ten Commandments. But that is not a full picture of his kingdom. That is not a full picture of the reign that he wants to have over your life. He is the king of glory. Not just because he created you. But especially because he redeemed you. Notice our psalm poses a very important question. A a question that you should have a ready answer to. It says, who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? That is Who can possibly enter the presence of this king of glory, the holy God? The psalm answers it. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Now, if we view God's kingdom only according to the law, then the answer to those questions is no one. Certainly not you, and certainly not me. Because my hands are far from clean, and my heart is far from pure. Yet the psalm holds out this possibility, this, this hope that all may possess. He is called the God of salvation. The giver of righteousness. So if God wrote this psalm for sinners like you and me, what does this mean? It means that his kingdom is a kingdom of grace. It means that our God, the Lord of armies... Who is mighty in battle has fought for us. We see this most vividly in the the second person of the Trinity, God the Son, who certainly has come as the King of glory to this world once before. And he came to wear a crown of thorns. He came to suffer and die for sinners just like you and me. He kept his hands clean and his heart pure throughout his entire life that he might win a righteousness that God could dispense to you and to me and to all people. God's kingdom is primarily a kingdom of grace. Grace won by the death of his son. So who may ascend the hill of the Lord and who may stand in his holy presence? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. If you believe that Jesus lived for you, That Jesus kept his hands clean and his heart pure for you. You are such a person. You may ascend the mountain of the Lord and you may stand in his presence because by faith you're covered with the perfect life of Jesus. And by faith, You have received the payment that your sins required. So you are forgiven. Do not just view God as the sovereign maker of heaven and earth. View him as the gracious God who loves you and redeems you. Who wants to be in a relationship with you? So he has taken away all of your sins. You may not feel it, you may not see much evidence of it in your life. But in Christ, you are holy, you are righteous. You are God's people. So lift up your heads. Throw open the gates that the King of glory may come in. To Him be the glory, now and forever. Amen.